Welcome to the NutraStrong podcast, Campfire Nutrition. I'm William Rowe, CEO and co-founder of NutraSource. Over the last 20 years in the nutrition business, we've helped companies around the world commercialize their products. Still to this day, some of these nutritional concepts are difficult to understand. I'm on a mission to help you, the consuming public, understand nutrition better. Join me as I sit down with nutrition industry leaders for casual chat that I hope you find educational and fun. Thank you. Have a great episode. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of uh, Campfire Nutrition uh, by NutraSource and NutraStrong. We're delighted today to be joined by Alexis Collins, Director of Product and Brand Strategy at Stratum Nutrition. Alexis, so great to have you today. Hi, Will. Nice to see you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I've been looking forward to this one uh, amongst many, but uh, this is really interesting to me because uh, Stratum's in a re- really unique area and in a really uh, exciting category, and we'll get into that in a minute. But first, before we get into the, the Stratum brand stuff, tell us a bit about yourself and your journey in the nutrition industry. Sure, sure. Okay. So um, my background is in, my degrees are in medical science um, and nutrition. Uh, started out in medical science, uh, got my master's in it when I realized I didn't want to pursue becoming a doctor. <laughs> And then went and did some laboratory work for a while. And um, I've always been very, very interested in food. I'm half Persian. So growing up, it was always, you know, eat this, you know, for your digestion or have this if you want to sleep better. And it was always, you know, a lot of food from a lot of people and, you know, a lot of joy around it. So and did it um, work? Did it work for the ailments? (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, sometimes, and then sometimes, you know, it was uh, not going to be eaten because I'm not a big fan of, you know, uh, let's say, you know, cow's stomach or other, you know, very unique foods that we don't exactly have in our uh, United States diet here regularly. So my father's awesome and he would, you know, cook very traditional um, cultural foods and there was a lot of, you know, healing story behind them. And yeah, sometimes they'd work. And sometimes they just wouldn't get eaten because as a child, you're going to be like, no, dad, no. (laughs) Sometimes they have placebo effect and the comfort factor helped. Right, right. right. The warm milk before bed, you know, when you can't sleep and um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. So food was always definitely very present. And after uh, getting my degree, my science degree, I figured I'd combine the two. And I looked to get a nutrition degree. And at the same time, um, I found a position with a new product development group in the industry. I had had no prior experience, had just been working in a lab, but um, it seemed to be just um, a really good opportunity. So I came in just knowing vaguely about vitamins like everybody else, you know, that we we market to. Um, And it really just took off from there. And um, it's been a great fit for me since this was almost 10 years ago. And I've stayed in the industry working in new product development, technical sales support, manufacturing, um, and now my current position um, with Stratum, which is uh, a blend of (laughs) new ingredient evaluation, product strategy, and um, creative direction with marketing. So oh, that's a that's a great yeah. mix. Let's unpack this a little bit more. So, <laughs> sure. in, in terms of the uh, uh, product and brand, where you're doing the innovation and the marketing, how do you work that together? When is it when is it more about the science and when is it more about the business development or sales? Sure, sure. So I would say you know 
I was initially drawn um, to working with Stratum Nutrition. I mean, I've worked with them since I started in the industry because they were selling their ingredients to me. Um, and they've always been a company that has had a lot of scientific substantiation behind their ingredients. So I would say being the science nerd that I am, that marketing lets me, you know, play on their team sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that having the standard that Stratum Nutrition has, where we do require a lot of scientific substantiation, a lot of clinical um, human clinical studies on our ingredients before we bring them to market, it makes the marketing easy. Um, I think it's a lot harder <laughs> when you don't have as much of a foundation to build upon um, for your ingredient strategy. So um, I'm able to look at the science of an ingredient and to pull out um, what effects that I'm seeing in the scientific research that would appeal to the end consumer. And then since Strad Nutrition doesn't sell to the end consumer, we sell to brands, I can take that message and offer it to brands and say, here's what may be of interest to your end consumer. Here's what the science back claim could be that you'd really like. And then the fun part is putting the fun marketing spin and bringing some humor into it and just trying to, you know, have it stand out from all of the rest of the ingredients in our space that, you know, are also out there. Yeah. And so what is what is some of that humor and fun? What was your sort of most jovial marketing experience that you undertook so far in the journey? Oh, goodness. Um, well, the one that's standing out in my mind right now is that we brought on a new ingredient that is a postbiotic called L-Biome. And this ingredient, um, it actually has a really cool story behind it just because it's been used for decades outside of the U.S. and Canada, um, internationally used to help support um, both children and adults uh, suffering with diarrhea. And so it just hasn't been in the U.S. Um, so we brought it in as a new ingredient. Um, and we've been selling it. And so we were thinking, okay, we really want to advertise to our to our brands that there's this ingredient out there. Um, it's this postbiotic. It helps children with diarrhea. I was like, how are we going to convey this to our brands? So we do have an advertisement out there uh, that says, you know, helps has been helping parents, you know, since the early 1900s. And there's this brown handprint that's just right there. <laughs> This kid handprint, and I'm like, yeah, it could be paint, you know, you never know. As a parent of two young kids, like, you know, I've seen things, Will. I've seen things, that, you know, <laughs> if you're a parent and you're seeing that ad, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, anyways, that that's the humor that we try to imbue into our, our marketing at Stratum Nutrition, where we're basing it all off of the scientific substantiation behind the ingredient. But, you know, we can't take ourselves too seriously. So. Yeah, thanks for bringing back to my diaper changing days. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, we won't go there on, on your podcast, but yes. <sighs> and then uh, <laughs> technically and scientifically, what's sort of the process when there's always so many hot ingredients? You know, you and I uh, are on the trade show circuit, the conference circuit, and everyone's got the hot new ingredient they're trying to get going. How do you evaluate and then select? this is this is kind of the one where we want to focus on and i know you guys are on the brand and ingredient side but how do you tease that up and tease that out and what take us through that journey and process somewhat sure sure so um we do have a pretty rigorous new ingredient evaluation process um that i put in place but i couldn't get it done without our team of directors so 
when I joined the Stratum team, I went to all of our team directors and I just said, when we're onboarding a new ingredient, you know, what have been some of the hiccups and obstacles and, you know, what do we need to evaluate before we bring it on? So with our company, it's really a team effort. Um, we look at all opportunities that are brought to us unless they're really far outside our scope where we think that, um, you know, upon initial regulatory review that we wouldn't be able to substantiate the claims that are being, you know, proposed, or um, it's just a, a risky category, you know, right now that's being really closely looked at by the FDA or FTC or, you know, just something that we don't want to get involved in um, in that way, because we are a, a pretty conservative company. Um, like I said, you know, we require a lot of scientific substantiation to make claims on ingredients that we feel comfortable with. So um, that's definitely the first hurdle. And then we go through and we look at from the operation side, you know, supply for our customers from the claim side. What can our customers say? Is there enough science to back that up? Um, how does it fit in with current market trends? Do we see that category um, that that ingredient fits in, um, you know, uh, growing? And then with Stratum, our portfolio, you know, we don't have a lot of ingredients compared to some of our competition um, because we really do excel in telling this um, scientific story behind ingredients with ingredients that need a little bit more scientific education or explanation behind them. So we are kind of looking for an ingredient that has a niche spot within a bigger market trend. For instance, um, probiotics, we sell an oral colonizing probiotic, the Bliss probiotics. So um, that's just sort of an example of how there's this big trend of probiotics, but we have this kind of unique you know, oral colonizing two strains that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Explain for the audience what oral colonizing. Uh, yeah. Is. <laughs> sure. Sure. I was going to say I, I might get a little too technical accidentally. So um, most people are familiar with probiotics as being good for your gut. Um, you know, you you ingest the capsule of probiotics um, typically, and then they go into your gut and they colonize. Meaning, they set up shop, and that's how you get the good benefits from the probiotics. They start setting up shop and getting to work in there. Um, so, oral colonizing probiotics would be ones that you would, um, with Bliss, you put a lozenge. We call it a lozenge, but some people might consider it a, a chewable tablet, okay. and you put it in your mouth and you want to suck on it. Um, just to allow the probiotics to have time to colonize your oral cavity. So you actually want the probiotics, your mouth is full of all sorts of bacteria. Sure. So the bliss strains are strains that are beneficial um, to the oral microbiome and help, um, you know, support immunity and support good dental and gum health um, after they colonize in the mouth. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then one, one of the other areas when you talked about your portfolio and, and the focus, what is sort of uh, the one or two key branded ingredients that really got Stratum launched and going and it kind of is its backbone? Sure, sure. So um, Stratum Nutrition, we manufacture um, some of our own ingredients. So we have what I refer to as our exceptional portfolio because okay. that's how we got started. Um, those are our roots. Um, uh, the family that started um, Stratum Nutrition, the Osbournes, um, were in the egg business. And then they realized that there was a lot of eggshell waste that was just being completely unused and going into landfills. Um, and so uh, the our current president's grandfather, I believe, <laughs> looked at 
um, how that eggshell could actually be used. And so natural eggshell membrane was founded as an ingredient. And most people would recognize eggshell membrane as that really annoying part of the hard boiled egg that you're trying to peel off that's not the shell and it's not the egg. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So um, sometimes it's still stuck on there. Sometimes it won't come off and it can be a little rubbery. That's the eggshell membrane. And there's actually a lot of good stuff inside of eggshell membrane that is very supportive um, to joint health. Um, and our company started doing human clinical trials on a proprietarily processed eggshell membrane called NEM, natural eggshell membrane. Um, and we've got multiple human clinical trials now, um, and we've kept that going to where we've gotten to uh, the point where we've earned some really strong Health Canada claims on NEM, um, mm-hmm. where we've got, you know, helps um, uh, uh, alleviate joint pain and stiffness and promote exercise recovery in as little as one day. Mm-hmm. So, um, super. Yeah. And what if you're allowed to share? Uh, what what brands uh, is this present in Canada, or what is uh, like for consumers that they could look out for this stuff? Oh my goodness, I honestly wouldn't be able to. <laughs> to yeah, okay, but if you that's, are, <laughs> that's a, that's outside my wheelhouse, so uh, we'd have to bring our sales director in here to give you the list. But I know there are plenty. I just can't, for the life of me, pull a name right now. <laughs> But it's widely distributed, though. It is. It is. And people can seek out that claim. Yes. Yes. They they can, for sure. For sure. Okay, cool. And then beyond Canada and the U.S., where else have you guys got uh, traction um, in other countries, other regions, or or starting to get traction? Oh, I mean, we have international distributors that help us with NEM. all across the globe. So um, Brazil is doing great, um, South Africa, Europe, um, some parts of Asia. So yeah, NEM is 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 all over. Um, and that actually gives us a little bit of a, a, a unique um, stance, I guess, for the ingredient partners that we work with in our distributed ingredient profile, because we're a company that manufactures our own ingredients, but we also sell ingredients that global ingredient partners make um, and then we distribute you know in the us and canada Um, so we have our own experience with distributors for our manufactured ingredients so we know what a good distributor does and what a not so good ingredient (laughs) distributor does so we do try to you know do our best um, based on our own experience with distributing our ingredient internationally so and, and with the eggshell membrane specifically, you talked about the, the international uh, partners or network. Mm-hmm. The membrane itself, does it vary f- different types of uh, laying hen species dramatically? Is that something you have to control for the membrane itself or is it fairly standardized? No, we use only USDA certified eggs. So and and they're so it's all sourced from the US um, and all under that certification. So that's really the the standardization that we have. So you're not doing like farmer co-ops in other countries and No, 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 no. It's all right. it's all US, which which gives us, you know, a, a bit of an advantage selling into, you know, internationally as well. Having the USDA certification is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wonder because oftentimes uh, some brand ingredient companies they they have their sort of core CMO, but then they have 
these pieces out there for the the biomass of the material, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's centralized. No, it's all centralized. Yeah. Where's the Stratum uh, manufacturing facility? In Carthage, Missouri. Okay. And yeah, good. Where, <laughs> go for it. It, which question. everybody knows where Carthage, Missouri is. Yeah, <laughs> I figured it was there, but you know. Yeah. Where, <laughs> generally the heartland speaking, of America. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so Carthage, Carthage, Missouri is actually, um, it's, it's a neat small town um, in Missouri. I've visited multiple times. Our marketing manager um, has introduced me to some of the, the small businesses in Carthage. So I've been able to walk around and go, you know, grab a cup of coffee and get lunch at some of the small businesses around there. So, um, yeah. So in terms of the egg operation itself, is yes. it? these eggs coming in from all farmers over. all over the U.S. They mm -hmm. have to be, have the USDA uh, mm -hmm. certification to it, but mm -hmm. they're coming in from all over the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we have sources of eggshells that we are currently working with, you know, that are preferred, but there's nothing stopping us from sourcing, you know, all over the U.S. Got it. Yeah. And then when it comes to... Uh, uh, collagen as a category uh one that stratum uh obviously has a, a big strong presence in tell us a little bit about uh, collagen and sort of the science behind collagen and how it's emerged as a category sure sure so we do have um an ingredient that we call um currently call eggshell membrane collagen support complex um, just because it contains all of the essential amino acids that are needed to build collagen. So collagen is this unique protein that, you know, if we're going traditional use here, um, collagen is, is found in large quantities in broth when you make it the traditional way, meaning you're getting marrow bones and the cartilage filled bones and you're boiling all of that cartilage and you know, bone together and, uh, you know, putting in some vinegar maybe to really leach some minerals out. Um, but anyway, so the collagen like is something coming. your dad would make. Exactly, exactly. So I was going to say, going back to our earlier conversation of traditional Persian food, it is that it's been cooking on the stove all day and there's a bone in it that has a big joint attached to it type of broth. Um, and that's where the collagen is going to be coming from, boiling down that, that bone joint and, um, and it's been traditionally used just for overall health, but now people are using collagen to help support skin health, um, to help support their joint health, um, amongst other things. It's just a source of protein for some people that they prefer. So, um, yeah, so we do have an ingredient called um, eggshell membrane collagen support complex, which is a good adjunct to a lot of collagen powders out there. Um, NEM is a great addition to any collagen powder out there just because of the um, 500 milligram daily dose that you need once daily um, and you get a really strong substantiated joint claim with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that's, you know, I don't, I don't have any specific collagen ingredient in our portfolio now, but we do have, you know, NEM for joint health and we certainly have our collagen support complex um, for an additional egg-based, you know, collagen type ingredient. Got it. To add in, yeah. And then I've been hearing a bit more about vegan collagen sort of uh, squeaking onto the scene. Do you have any, oh, yeah? do you have any comments about vegan collagen? <laughs> Can I say no comment? Very interesting <laughs> proposition, but... 
Um, I, uh, I don't know what to say about vegan collagen, except that the only collagen sources I know of are animal-based. So that, that would go against the term, the vegan term in there. So I don't know. What have you seen like for vegan collagen? Like what is being, is it, is it just a misnomer for a fish derived collagen or what have you been seeing? Well, I've just been seeing, you know, plant-based or vegan collagen as an ingredient starting to kind of emerge a little bit and make the rounds. Okay. Uh, to me, it does seem somewhat counterintuitive. Uh, I haven't drilled down into it. That's why we ask in the experts. (laughs) No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I'm sort of like, what have you been seeing? Because I'm just, I'm curious. Because look, there's always something new. Item in formulas and so forth. So I was curious as to that. That seems counterintuitive. So I thought maybe more insights on that but no no it's fine it's fine my best guess is that it it may be a misnomer um uh, a company may be using um an egg an egg derived collagen ingredient um like deriving uh collagen from a eggshell membrane perhaps um and they may be giving a misnomer of vegan to an ovo vegetarian um source Mm -hmm. of collagen so you know it vegan is nothing i mean vegan you can't even eat the honey that the bees make like that's how far away from an animal product you need to be so (laughs) (laughs) plant-based collagens just doesn't seem to be a thing yeah i don't i again like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say never uh but it in because like there's always something coming out that's new and I haven't looked at everything, but I, I'm going to say that I have not seen that being possible yet. Mm-hmm. Got it. Myself. I'd and love then, somebody to yeah contact me and show me the plant-based collagen and I, I'll look into it further for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the innovation and the journey and the process, you talked about the, the rigor that Stratum puts around uh, the process of launching a brand ingredient. How many ingredients would you look at? Like, does it start out with a hundred and you get to 10 and then you end up with two oh, or goodness. How, how do you take that? Through? <laughs> you, you're getting stuff thrown at you every, almost every day and you're like, no, yeah. no, no, no yeah. maybe like, how does that all work? It's certainly picking up. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, as we become more prominent uh, in the industry, you know, we get more opportunities presented to us. Um, so. We do have to go back to looking at what we as a company excel in, what our niche is, and that is ingredients that have a lot of scientific substantiation behind them um, that can support strong claims that we're okay with our conservative regulatory stance. And then we prefer to be a little bit outside the commodity box. So if you know something is 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 too popular, too commodity. Um, it's just not going to be within our wheelhouse. So we really try to to find something that can be standing out in its own aside, you know, even if it's not right on the trend, you know. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things. If 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 you're not you have to be novel enough so that you can keep it special. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets commoditized, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. And I mean some companies do really, really well with that, but you know, we're just, I guess we're storytellers. I don't know. So, yeah. yeah so. 
Anyways, but yes, there are there are many more coming in, and you know, uh, would I like the evaluation process to be faster? Yes, I usually preface everybody who who comes to us with, "This is going to take a lot longer <laughs> than you'd probably like, but we'll get to it." So, you know, oh, for sure. And then, what are some what are some of the ones that, if you're able to share, what are some of the ones that? Uh, you guys have just launched. Uh, you mentioned the postbiotic one, but what are some of the other ones that you're you're seeing into the future? If you're able to share that, sure, sure. So um, definitely looking at ingredients that have claims that are well substantiated for anxiety and stress um, mm -hmm. in younger populations specifically. Um, so I, I think that that uh, we've had some marketing presentations given to us as a company. Um, and just reading, you know, what's trending in the industry and what's also trending in consumer articles, you know, revolving around nutrition and health. Um, you know, it's really, I think that everybody's sort of seeking a bit more, more mental support these days, you know, and, and whether it stems from, you know, focusing on your sleep or focusing on your gut health, which, which controls a lot of your feel-good hormones, um, releasing or something else. Um, that's definitely an area that I'm currently, currently looking at strongly, um, and have some, some candidates for. So <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Um, my primary focus right now. Um, and then, you know, not necessarily looking, like I said, for any sort of particular category, but always keeping an eye out for unique ingredients um, that have sort of a, a, a unique spin in a certain category. For instance, like mushrooms are, are a huge trend right now, mm -hmm. right? But where's that mushroom with, you know, um, the unique health category that no other mushroom is supporting right now? Because a lot of them are for cognitive performance or immunity. So you know, kind of looking at, at those areas as well. Um, but then, you know, some of our uh, our current ingredients, uh, you know, I just see huge potential for them in the future, like our, um, our vegan omega um, oil, ahi flower oil. You know, I think it was, it's almost ahead of its time. So, you know, now everything is just, you know, advertising free from, like if you walked around at Expo West, it's like everything's plant-based and free from. And so I really think that ahi flower just is basically like the rocket that's that's poised to launch um, and sort of take over the plant-based category. You know, that's a very strong ingredient. So it's not only looking for the new ones, but looking for if there's new opportunities for the current ones that are popping up. Yeah, and you mentioned walking around uh, Expo West and uh, <laughs> consumer trends in general. What are some of the beyond more the ingredient specific areas you're looking into? And you're excited about what are some of the consumer trends you're seeing that are pushing your think or that's pushing your thinking in your sure. decision? Sure, sure. So we definitely know, um, and and you know what we hear um, about customer 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 demand um, comes from our brand, the brands that are selling to those customers because sure. the brands are our customers. So we yeah. know that a lot of brands have you know stringent boundaries, um, you know, like they do not want any allergens in there. Like I said, there's a lot of, I want it to be free from everything, uh, you know, no allergens, nothing, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, non-GMO, organic, uh, you know, vegan, like it's all, everybody wants that clean, clean, clean. Um, 
sort of formula, I guess. Um, so that's definitely a trend that we're trying to keep an eye out for as we evaluate ingredients because we just know a lot of I'm not saying that we have to have allergen free ingredients, but we just know the obstacle that we're up against when we do have an allergen present, you know, in an ingredient. Sure. And there are just some customers, some brands that we just have, you know, we just have to write off as an opportunity, you know, a no go opportunity just based mm -hmm. on, you know, that side. Um, and then, like I said, you know, mental health, stress, anxiety, that is just a huge trend everywhere, you know, and, and multiple roots. I don't think there's really, you know, any one cause that we can sort of focus on and provide, you know, a remedy for. I think everybody's kind of dealing with, you know, their own their own sources of mental stress and anxiety. So um, that's, you know, a, a category that I think there could be multiple ingredients that could be effective um, in that in that category. So that's definitely a consumer trend. Also, um, you know, just acknowledging that women um, really do buy the majority of supplements, you know, so um, having female focused ingredients um, and uh, the brands that are female focused are really, you know, some of them have really, really taken off so well because they are catering to that demographic that is buying the supplements. Um, so I think having um, female focused ingredients with female specific research is definitely a, a trend that I can see taking off already has. Yeah, for sure. We're mm -hmm. seeing that on the clinical side too, where just more diversity and representation in the clinical trial participant data. Yeah, so definitely on um, trend. And it needs to be because it, just from a straight uh, a representational standpoint, it's good to have the appropriate allocation of the claim tied to the positioning tied to the clinical data. And uh, the industry in, in Canada and the EU is a bit different, but in the US, oftentimes, I know when I first started out uh, 20 years ago in this industry, the bibliographies, if you actually drilled down, looked in the papers, often were very far removed and in no way matched the product and formula that was being presented or the claims that implied in or, or, or inferred it supported or, or said it substantial or was substantiated around. And in addition to that, oftentimes the the dosing and uh, other aspects and facets of uh, how the product was positioned had nothing to do with the bibliography. <laughs> if you just read the titles of the papers, boy, did they ever look good <laughs> and sound impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. Industries cleaned up a lot. At least the A players have really paid a lot of attention, such as yourselves, to to put the effort into clean that up and. Uh, that helps with the novelty and helps with the trust. For sure, for sure. Yeah, we, you know, like I've spoken about stratum standards, but I have to say, you know, our ingredient partners as well, um, you know, it's it it's so good to be with a partner that says, this is the dose that the research supports. So this is what you have to offer to the brand to use in their formula. Like there's no, you know, pick and choose. Like, so, you know, to your point, yeah, we... We do try to steer steer our customers to using the researched effective dose of ingredients. Yeah, there's no. Uh, it works out a gram in the paper, but we're going to sell them yeah. 100 grams. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. But still we'll capture exactly. all the science and hype around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. On the consumer side too, are you seeing specific uh, uh, interest from the brands in terms of the information you're supplying them around uh, demographics at all? Like. 
are things changing for you based upon uh, consumer pressure from Gen Z or millennials at all and what they're expecting to see about the supply chain and the transparency around the supply chain? I think having ingredients that have an environmental awareness story behind them is proving to be beneficial with some brands that are, um, uh, you know, focused more on a younger demographic, like a younger Gen Z demographic. Um, those brands seem to be doing more on their part with the the packaging and just trying to, you know, be environmentally aware from how they're providing the actual ingredients to the end consumer, which is awesome. Um, so providing stable ingredients that work in that packaging, you know, is definitely um, something that we try to do and provide and 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 work with customers on that. Um, uh, and then the free from trend for sure um, is definitely for brands that are, you know, um, trying to get the younger Gen Z demographic. Um, but traceability, you know, I, we've always tried to provide that. I don't know if I've seen. I don't know if I've seen a massive rise in traceability versus the environmental awareness. Component, um, I mean, they certainly go hand in hand. Um, but, you know, just just being able to say, like, for instance, you know, NEM keeps out, you know, this X many tons of waste from landfills everywhere. Like that's that's something that we market now and advertise mm -hmm. uh, versus, you know, maybe even two years ago, it wasn't wasn't even really on the radar much. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, women's representation in the dietary supplement industry, particularly in the U.S. Uh, how do you think in terms of coming up with brand ingredients, how, how is that built into your thinking and how can how do you support brands that want to focus things that way? And what, what are the things that you feel uh, would appeal to the U.S. female consumer? Well, since that's me. <laughs> yeah. You'd be um, one of them. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say I'm definitely a dietary supplement user um, and let's see you know it, it definitely starts with science um if there's an ingredient that has research supporting women in my age group um then that is definitely something that will draw my attention more so that's why we had um uh our, our latest sort of uh, strategy you know for nem was really to focus on the women's specific exercise recovery that showed significant mm -hmm. exercise recovery um, in postmenopausal women. The average age was 56 in that published clinical. Um, so it's just cool to see that, you know, I, I'm like, this is this is what normal people are doing because it was people who didn't have any joint issues. They didn't have any previous complaints. It was a healthy population mm -hmm. and they just weren't exercising. And then, you know, New Year's comes around or the NEM study comes around and they start exercising. And those people that were taking, those women that were taking NEM had a lot more comfort than the group that was not taking NEM and just kicking it up with, you know, an aerobic exercise activity, you know, all of a sudden. So. Um, it's stuff like that where it's really applicable to to me um, that I focus on. And then, you know, uh, it's it's on trend. The gummy has surpassed the capsule as a delivery format. It's just, you know, I, it, it's just there. Um, I don't take gummies, but I do appreciate uh, being able to get a couple of different delivery formats with my my dietary supplement regimen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, whether it's taking, you know, uh, omegas in an emulsion or being able to mix something into a smoothie or uh, maybe have like a, 
a tea, you know, powder with curcumin that I can mix into like a latte, um, you know, but, uh, or, you know, collagen powders, protein powders, what have you. It's nice to be able to have a little bit of variability just if you're, you know, having a lot like I am. So um, having ingredients that work in different delivery formats and stay stable, like our postbiotic L-biome, you know, being able to get digestive health where probiotics can't go because it's inactivated. It's not a viable cell ingredient. So you can still get digestive health and benefits um, without having something refrigerated or just in a capsule. Um, uh, and then, you know, ahi flower oil is very versatile. And we have that in a powder form as well. So you can get your vegan omegas, you know, in a powder or an oil. Um, and then NEM works in a powder or a capsule or even a gummy now. So it's, you know, we do try to keep an eye out for that um, uh, as far as, you know, focusing on the, the, the younger consumer, but female consumer too. So um, I'm trying to think about what else uh, as a mother always looking for you know kid-friendly delivery formats too mm -hmm. so i think when we're talking about you know the female demographic we do have to consider you know the mothers out there too that want to you know provide some supplementation for their kids so whatever is easy you know yeah kid well adult compliance is one thing kid compliance is a whole nother uh, i'm telling you <laughs> yeah exactly yes yes there are some some that have been great successes and some where I'm like, well, you know, that $30 bottle of this supplement is just going to get totally wasted. I guess I'll try it, you know, so yeah. kids are kids are the choosiest consumers. So, yes, uh, but if they love it, then you also know you probably have a winner. Yes, yes. And there have definitely been some winners. So for sure, like uh, the the bliss probiotic that we sell. I mean, I was giving that to my kids even before I worked with Stratum and we just call it after toothbrush candy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, of course, you know, your two-year-old or two and a half year old is going to chew it instead of suck on it because they don't really get the concept yet. No, leave that in your mouth for a little while and let it, you know, do its thing, but mm -hmm. it's still getting in there and some beats none. So for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alexis, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. I know you're super busy and uh, thanks for uh, just some insights into your work and, uh, you know, the whole product development brand strategy side of the business and some insights into Stratum as well and all the things that you're working on. Really Happy to be here and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for joining the NutriStrong Campfire Nutrition Podcast. We hope you found this episode both educational and fun. Hope to see you again soon. If you want to check us out further, you can go to Nutrisource.ca or go to certifications.nutrisource.ca. Thank you kindly and I hope you have a great day. Bye for now.